And I titled this, Following in the Steps of Abraham. Come on, say it with me. Following the Steps of Abraham and Pastor Sonny Argonzoni. Amen. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 8 and 9. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his later receive as his inheritance, obeyed, say obeyed, and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. Father, I just ask you right now, Father, you set me aside, Lord, this afternoon, Father. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you use me in a mighty way. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you just allow your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come across this pulpit, Father. Fill my vocal cords with your, your spirit, Lord, this afternoon, Father. And we give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And I, I just want to give honor where honor is due. And first of all, I thank God for his faithful son, for going and paying the price for a wretched sinner like me to give me an inheritance. And I want to thank my pastor, pastor, our pastors, Pastor Esteban and Sister Chela, for allowing me to, to be behind this pulpit. I don't take it lightly. Even though he's young enough to be my son, I see the power of God all over his family. I mean, he's not only handsome, attractive. Isn't he attractive? Or should I say they're both attractive? Huh? They're beautiful people. It, it goes from the head down to the children. My grandchildren, I mean, they're so attracted to, to his kids. I mean, it's like we were talking about it on the way back, they, how, man, they just love. My grandson was praying for them the other day. You know, it just it ministered to me when my daughter was telling me that he was broken in the house one day. He asked his older brother to put on some worship music, and they all began to pray. They all began to pray for a house and finances, a new job for their mom, and which came to pass. And she has a video of, of my grandson just asking God to, to bless his mom and bless the, the family for a house. And then he goes on and he's, I want to pray for my pastors. I want to pray for Pastor Esteban, Sister Chela, and all the children. And it was just like, man, I go. But I know it's because there's people of God that are ministering to him, to the, our children in the children's church right now. In the, in the gang, they're ministering. I thank God. I thank God for our gang. That my daughter today, she can be a part of the gang. Uh, a worldwide vision, not just a, 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 a local vision, but an international vision. You see, and that was something that we were able to, to go and, and witness. I thank God that, that we were able to go. And we were able, even though, I'm going to say this. The enemy from the day we left was hitting all the way there. How many got hit there before you even got to the conference? Huh? Where's that young lady? She said her car broke down. Where is she? Where is she? Where's Rena at? Oh, okay. She's, okay. She was well, like one of the first ones I saw. I went to make a, get in the parking lot, and she comes out, and she's standing. I go, you all right, me, huh? She goes, yeah, my car overheated. But did it stop her? Did it stop you? Did she get hit there in the conference? I'm sure she did. But it didn't stop her because she went with a tenacity to get what God had for her. And I think that many of us that went, we went with the same appeal. We went with the same thing. See, I thank God for the people that went before us. Like Pastor Steve. He's one of the reasons I'm here today. Because he sent out a church in Santa Rosa. They reached me and my wife. If he hadn't done that, I might not be here today. And there's many of you here today, even though he's not here with us, I know he's watching right now. 
I know that Pastor Ed and Pastor David, they're, they're up there watching. I know that my mom and dad, they're up there watching. And I thank God, I thank God that I had a mom that prayed for me. And I used to ask her, Mom, why did you call me Elias? People have so much, so hard, hard time pronouncing that name. And I used, to, I used to get mad. I said, Mom, why did you call me that? And she told me, mijo, that's a prophet's name. And I named you that because one day you're going to be standing behind a pulpit preaching. And I, and I know that she prayed for me. From the day that she was born until the day that she died, I know that God had a hand on her. And when I was out there lost, she was always praying for me. And she knew that because she had named me that, that one day that I would be standing behind a pulpit. And she encouraged me every day that she would see me, even when I was afflicted, even though when I was going through my hardest times in my life, my mom always told me, mijo, just stay focused on God. Just stay focused on God. And I know today that she's up there. I know that she's there with my dad. And if she was able to make it with my dad for 50 plus years, I knew that she was going to make it to heaven. Amen. And I want to share this with, with each and every. I know there's some new people here today. How many visiting here today? You should raise your hand because we want everyone to see that you're not here by mistake, okay? I met this young lady this, this afternoon when I came in, and it blessed me to see her here. And, and she told me that someone had been praying for her. And I want to tell you, sis. You've been faithful. I've been hearing your name a lot, Sister Irma. I thank God. I thank God for you. Every time I see her standing at her post there, it just gives me an encouragement. I want to be like her one day. I want to be able to stand and people say, it's because of him I'm here today. I know that God brought her here, but it's because you, you've been standing at your post. You've been going strong when, when you probably wanted to give up at times. But I want to thank you, sis, for being an encouragement and grandma to a lot of people here. It's because of you and your tenacity. Amen? So give, give her a, a, a great round of applause. and it's, it's because of things like that. You know, I had this message. I had this message that I was... I told my wife, I'm going to preach this. I'm going to share this. And when I was there, God began to change everything around for me. I was like, man. But I want to speak today on inheritance. See, I have an inheritance today that I'm going to pass on to my children. It might not be riches and gold. But the inheritance that I'm giving them is the Gaitan name. And whether they get married or not, they're always going to be and remain a Gaitan. And same with you. With your children, they're going to have, they're going to carry your name on. Amen? See, an inheritance is a thing that is inherited. Amen? It's not given to you. It's not earned. It's something that came, someone that came into a comfortable inheritance. In other words, it's a legacy it's a bequest, an endowment, bestowal, provision, a birthright, a heritage, a comfortable inheritance. That's where we are today. That's where I am at today. I have a comfortable inheritance. Amen? But with that inheritance also comes a promise. See, God has given each and every one of us a promise. It's a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that particular thing will happen. And God had told us, and he had given Pastor Sonny and Sister Julie an inheritance. And he's given his children. At the end, on Saturday, they were able to celebrate their 50th anniversary in marriage and 50th anniversary in, in ministry together. And I heard, I heard that their grandchildren were there. See, and that's their inheritance. 
our youth today, our children's church, that's our inheritance. And I'm thankful that we're in a church that's not only thinking of us that are older folk like myself. I consider myself, I just got, you know, I had a birthday. I'm 58 years old. But I thank God, even though I, I thank God, even though sometimes I'm tired and I'm hurting. Huh? That God has given me a daughter that keeps me on my toes. Huh? Even though I'm a grandpa, I don't know how many times, what, like, is it nine? Eight? Eight times I'm a grandfather. Do you know that when I was 39 years old, I became a grandfather? I was young. People used to tell me, how can you be a grandpa at 39? I go, ask my son. (laughs) You see, a promise is also a word of honor. God has given us his word of honor and assurance. He's given us a pledge, a vow, a guarantee, an oath, a bond, an undertaking, an agreement, a commitment, a contract, more a covenant. Amen. See, the true pattern of faith, who through faith obtained promises, Hebrews 11.33, the foregoing verse tells us that Faith is a medium, okay? In other words, a substance through which the promises of God are claimed. With this thought in mind, we are going to consider the man who is called the father of faith. Who is that? Who knows who the father of faith is? Abraham, of course. That man is Abraham, and he was counted as one that inherited the promise. He inherited the promise just like Pastor Sonny. Pastor Sonny was given a promise. Pastor Sonny was giving him inheritance. Amen. See, Abraham's life represents the true pattern of inheriting the promises of God. He is a prototype, in other words, a pattern to the children of faith. His walk will show us how we too can inherit the promises of God and the blessings of God. It says of Abraham, and so after he had patiently endured, say patiently endured, he obtained that promise. You can find that in Hebrews 6, 15. See, we can look to Pastor Sonny as our Abraham, amen, who patiently endured and now has seen his promises of God unfold on his church. We can look to Pastor Steve Pineda as our Abraham as well. He's been an example in our lives. His exampleship still lives in this ministry. All throughout the world, his name is known. He's known for the things, the great things he's done, the faith. Huh? How many know that when he went to the Philippines, he had, was it two? Two numbers. And I think one of them didn't work or something like that. One worked. And because he stepped out in faith, there was great works done there and and they're still continuing. Pastor Darrell, when he went, he went by faith. Amen. The works in Africa, Pastor Steve, by faith, stepped out. And today it's, it's, it's gotten so big, it's like it's not up to one person no more. Now it's all team, team ministry. And, and I thank God that we live and we serve under leadership that they look to us like that. It's, you're part of my team. I remember Pastor Steve always saying, it doesn't matter who does the work as long as it gets done. How many believe that way? How many think like that? See, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in a ministry that I could be sitting there and not even preach behind this pulpit for the rest of my life, but I thank God I'm part of the team. See, and that's the mentality we got to have. We got to think like that. We got to know that, that God is our provider, that God is our source, and God is the one that's going to move us. Amen? You see... Even though we can look to Pastor Sonny as our Abraham, God has given him and this ministry two important scriptures. Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. The Bible says, I will go before you and I will level the mountains, which he has. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron, which he has. I will give you hidden treasures. Look at your brother and your sister on your right and your left there. Hidden treasure. 
Riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. He also gave us another scripture, Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. He says this in his word. Enlarge the place of your tent. We're doing that. We were able to witness that this, this last week. The place of our tent. We see that the stretching of your tent curtains are wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your states. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will dispossess the nations and settle in their desolate cities. They're doing that all over the continent. And I thank God for that. I thank God that we're a part of a, an awesome ministry. Amen. But you see, how many promises are left unclaimed because of failure to allow the word of promise to test us? Sometimes we get tested and we shrink back. I myself, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm being up front with you. There was times that I got hit and I, I wanted to shrink back. I wanted to shrink back. I, said, I heard it over the pulpit there, powerful men of God saying, I felt like giving up. I felt like Pastor Sonny himself mentioned that he got to a point where he went out and he just laid down and said, Lord, kill me. Take me. He didn't want to deal with it no more. But God, God rose him back. He, he lifted him up and took him to the next level. And today we, we serve in an awesome ministry because he didn't give up. Just like Abraham. Abraham... When he was called out of his country to go to a place where he knew nothing of, he went. He went and he, he heard the voice of God. God spoke to him clearly and told him, go, leave this place. And he went. Did he know where he was going? No. But he was faithful. Amen. You see, in today's Christian society, there is a certain pervading mentality that has come to be known as easy, easy goodism. I don't even know if that's a word, but easy come, easy go. Amen? In other words, it means this, no cost, no investment, no price to be paid. Just claim it. It's yours. See, we suddenly have a generation that can jump from Egypt into the promised land without the testing of the wilderness. How many know that we need to have the testing of the wilderness? See, I went through some affliction, and I know there's people here today that have gone through affliction. Perhaps you're going through the affliction now. But I want to say this. God is allowing it. Say, say look at your neighbor there and say, God is allowing it. Tell them, God is allowing that. You see, God is allowing it, the testing of the wilderness. See, that is scarcely the pattern that we have found in Holy Scripture. Just like our founders and elders have paid the price. How many know that they have paid a price? I mean, we sometimes we, we can come in, which is like, man. When we went in, we went in and we were just like blown away. Every time I've gone to a conference, a men's conference, I've been blown away. It gets better and better and larger and larger. I mean, we were like, we almost passed the the. The exit up a few times because we were so I was so busy looking at the banners on the side of the LA Convention Center. I go, wow, look at that. We were like, yeah. That's us. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. See, God raised us up from a nobody to a somebody. Amen. Amen. I was like, we're victory outreach. I heard it all throughout that week. We are unique people. Look at each other. We're unique. Look at that. I love this ministry because it's not all brown. It's not all white. It's not all dark. It's not yellow. It's multicultural. See, we can go. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. See, we can go anywhere in the world and we're going to fit in. Just yesterday, we were stopped at Starbucks because someone wanted coffee. I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, <laughs> no, we were, we were on, my, I had a, an awesome time being able to fellowship with people I haven't seen, even people here in the church. I'm, I'm close to people here in the church, but there was people that I was able to work with. I was blessed to be able to go into the children's church. 
Man, I'm, I'm serious. I, I was like, my wife told me, you can just go into the service. I go, no, I'm going to go. And I was, I'm, I'm going to say this, that day that I went and worked in the children's church, I was dead tired. Had my, my daughter not told me, come on, Dad, let's go in, I probably would have fell asleep in the parking lot. That's how tired I was. But I'm thankful that I was able to go because I was able to see our next generation coming up. I mean, they kept me on my toes that night. They kept, me, they kept us on our toes, right? Those of you that worked in the children's church, you, <laughs> Brother Geronimo's back there. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I thank God that, I mean, we rep. Hey, give yourself a, 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 a good clap offering. Everyone, give yourself a good clap offering because B.O. Heart of the Bay, we represented well in that conference. We represented well. I mean, we were, I mean, we're not working at a local level no more. We were working at an international level, and it was awesome to see that, that we were like, man, we're part of this international vision. We're not just thinking locally. We're thinking worldwide, internationally. Amen? You see, our founders and elders have paid the price to reach the loss and no matter the cost. They went out of their way when times were hard. By faith, they believed that those things were going to happen. See, my brothers and sisters, there has been a heavy price that was paid for this ministry. So I want to let you know, I want to remind you, we can't take it lightly and think this inheritance is just coming to us without any work. Mm. It's not going to come without any work. We're going to have to continue to work. We're going to have to continue to work hard. Say, work hard. See, sometimes faith, we don't see it, but we know that it's happening. Sometimes we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna think, okay, I, I have faith. Just like that child. We got to have faith that God's going to cure him. For that individual that has cancer, that God's going to cure. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say this. I, was, I have a younger sister. She's been hit with cancer twice. She was legally blind. And she's beat cancer one time and she beat blindness. She got healed. God healed her. The doctors today tell her, <laughs> I know Tyrone knows my sister. The doctors tell my sister that it's impossible for you to see. Hallelujah, yes. Well, in man's eyes, yes, in her eyes, it's impossible. But through the eyes of God, everything is possible. You know what she did? I remember, I think it was Pastor, uh, Pastor Sonny. Pastor Sonny Jr. went. And he prayed, and he made an altar call, and, and he, he said, you know, God wants to heal some people here today. I want, I want you to come forward. I want you to come. Those that need healing today, I want you to come forward. And my, my sister, she had a cane, and she wore these dark glasses because she couldn't see. And I never really looked at her eyes to see, you know, if they were discolored or anything like that. I just knew that she was blind. Her checks... Mind you, she had a check probably this big. That's how big her check was. Her checks that she wrote out, she, they were big for, so she could. And I remember that, that Pastor Sonny Jr. Called, him, called an altar call, and she went forward. And he laid hands on her and he says, because God told me to tell you that you're going to receive your sight. And she broke, and she was crying, and she went home. My sister helped her home. And, and, and later that evening, that night, should I say, she was at home, and she had this big Bible. You know, like the big Catholic Bibles? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Those big Bibles are this thick and probably about as big as this pulpit here. She had one of those Bibles in Braille, and she pulled it out. And she began to read, read scripture. And she, she read, uh, Pastor Sonny Jr. gave her a scripture. And she went home and she began to read it. And little by little, she began to like look around and she saw something. And she started to look and she was like, oh. And she broke and she just started trembling. She was like, began to praise God and say, thank you, Jesus, for restoring my sight. 
And she was like, and then the enemy was there too because you know that the enemy's always going to come and tell you this ain't really happening. But little by little, she began to see. And she was looking around and she was like, and she put that big Bible away and she got a little regular Bible and she opened it up and she began to read the word of God. And she was like, oh, karabasata. Jesus healed me. And she went home. She, when she was there, she called my sister that lived in the same complex. She goes, guess what? I'm like, I got something to show you. She goes, I'll be right over. My sister goes, no, no, no. Because it was pitch dark outside. And she goes, I'll go get you. And she goes, no, I don't need your help. And she walked over there. She had a flashlight, of course, but she walked over there. And, and she went into the house and she, she told my sister, she goes, God healed me from my sight. I'm not blind no more. God took the scales off my eyes. And my sister looked at her and she goes, and my sister was following her around. She goes, can you see me? She goes, yeah. So I can see what color clothes you're wearing. You're in your pajamas already. And she went to the doctor the next morning. Check this out. The doctor told her, you know, that's not really, you're not really seeing. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to have sight because they checked her eyes and said, there's no way that you can see. What you're seeing is mental. It's from memory. It's something that you've seen in the past and it's just reminding you of what you saw before. And my sister says, no, I see you. I see what you're wearing. I can see over there. So she, you know what she did? She came out of that doctor's office and she told my sister, take me somewhere where I've never been before. Take me somewhere where I've never been before because I want to prove this doctor that I can see. To this day, they tell her that it is impossible for you to see. But today, she has her sight back. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. God healed her. And many times, we're going to go through the affliction. And it's not up to us to say to God, I want this affliction to stop now. Because many times, the affliction is going to keep us at the, foot of, at the foot of Jesus. Just like the Apostle Paul, God never lifted the affliction from him. And some of us, we have that thorn in our flesh. Right? We got people in the church sometimes that are a thorn. But God's placed them in our lives and we have to. There's things that we go through that's a thorn in our flesh. An affliction that God allows us because without that, we're not going to know what the wilderness is like. We have to get through the wilderness to get to the promised land. Just like the people of Israel. They had to go through the, to get to the promised land, they had to go through the wilderness. And some of them didn't make it. See, Galatians 3.29 says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. How many here is part of Abraham's seed? Every hand should have been lifted there. You're all a part of Abraham's seed. Amen. We're all a part of that seed. You see, we can, we can legitimately say that we are called to inherit the blessings through Abraham. We can quote Galatians 3.14 and say, Abraham's blessings are mine. How many say that? That his blessings are mine. I, I claim that. His blessings are mine. But I know that I know that I know that it's not going to come easy. Amen? See, theoretically, we are called, but we often overlook, but what we often overlook is that there are certain conditions that must be satisfied before we receive that promise. Amen? See, when you play the lotto, you don't win anything unless you play, right? I'm glad you guys didn't say amen because I know that you guys don't play the lotto. And if you do and you win big, you need to buy a church for your pastor. Huh? Has anybody ever thought like that? I'm going to be honest. There's times I thought like, you know, if I played the lotto. There's a friend of mine that I work with. He he told me, take me to 7-Eleven. I took him to 7-Eleven. He goes, we pulled up and there was... I forget which, there's there two lotos that were being played, lottery and, and something, but they were like millions and millions, like I forget how many millions. He goes, you know, if I won that, 
I go, yeah. And he goes, I would give you some. I looked at him. I go, what? He goes, well, if I won that big one right there. And I go, yeah. And he goes, I would never be able to spend it. I would share it with you. And I go, how much would you give me? <laughs> he, I go, you would really give me some? He says, yeah, I would give you some because it wouldn't do me no good to keep it all. I can't take it when I die. And he's, you know, he's up in age. And I looked at him. I go, you would really give me some of that inheritance, some of that winnings? And he goes, yeah. I go, praise God. I go, I would buy my pastor a church. I would buy a church for our, for our family here because we're family and we need to stick together. And I thank God that I have family here in, in Hayward in the heart of the bay. Amen. You see, Jesus said, for many are called, but few are chosen. What does that mean? Many are called, but few are chosen. That simply means that to be called is one thing, to be qualified is something else. The prophet Isaiah declared that we are qualified in the furnace of affliction. In other words, we are qualified via the trial of our faith. Behold, I, am, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Isaiah 48.10. Being chosen is associated with passing the test. See, many of us here, if not all of us here, no, I'm going to change that. All of us here, say all of us, have been chosen. Maybe some of us haven't gone through the furnace of affliction. Huh? Some of us haven't gone through that furnace of affliction, but it is going to come one day or another. And we just need to be ready. We need to be strapped. Okay? Oh, man, I was, I was so... Blessed to hear every message. Every message that I heard, I was like, I was like, even when my wife or whoever was next to me and they would talk to me, I'd be like, I, I wasn't doing this. I was going, that's the fastest I've ever one finger typed. I thank God for this iPad because <laughs> sometimes you spell the word wrong and it corrects itself. Amen. See, here are just a few of those who were called and chosen that passed the test. Pastor Steve Pineda, which is with our Lord and Savior. Pastor Ed Morales. Pastor David Martinez. And so many others. Pastor Sonny Argonzoni and Sister Julie. The elders of our ministry. See, Pastor Sonny, he, he kicked it off. And he began to speak on and encourage us and tell and remind us that about faith. He began to talk about fear. Huh? And, but he also talked about sacrifice. See, he's able to talk about these things because he's lived it. He's endured it. He's passed that test. See, he reminded us that God has raised Victory Outreach as an army to take the inner cities of the world. See, we have a special role in this army. And when you have the vision, you can't help but be excited. See, when, when every time I heard those men of, of God get up there and began to preach the word of God, I was like, yeah, man. I felt like punching the person next to me, you know, just like giving them a high five, slugging them in the shoulder, man, because I was so excited, man. You know, what, you know what's a blessing is that you, you might not even know the person, but you know that they're your brother. You know that they're your sister. There's people on the streets that that they can know that you're a part of Victory Outreach. <laughs> Pastor Toby and I were walking down the sidewalk, and this gentleman asked us, he goes, are you with that crowd over there? And he began to tell us, he goes, goes are they gang members? And we told him, no. Pastor Toby says, no, no. They might have been. He goes, nah, but why do they still got that walk? You know, they essay, you know, they, they had all that. And we were like... It's a process. It's a process, vato. No, no. <laughs> we still have that too, but, you know, we're, we're dignified now. You know, we're wearing our suits. So we're like. But it, it, was, it was awesome because Pastor Toby began to share with him, you know, it, it's a process. And the guy, God used it. He was telling us that the guy. That the Lord used him to pay for one of the, 
one of the sisters that was needed some finances to get in and pay for the, uh, the conference. And the guy had just came out of the bar. I'm not going to tell you where he came out of, but he came out of the bar. And he paid, he paid for her way. And we were like, praise God. Can you give us some money to pay for our parking? Parking's $20 a night. <laughs> you, you, we had to pay a price. We had to pay a price to park and get good parking, get a good seat. You had to pay a price. You know, I thank God that we're in this special role in this army. Amen? See, when you have a vision, you can't help but be excited. Coming back with a zeal is not just for the, see, coming back with a zeal, not just for the local church, but the international church. Pastor Sonny reminded us that if we are going to touch the world, we need to have bases established. We need to have team ministries, a concept that has to be in, intentional. And I thank God that we have a pastor that's right there. He's not, he's not one that's like, eh, let's, let's just wait. He's, he's always like, isn't, isn't our pastor like that? Come on, come on. Yeah, he, he hears from God, but he doesn't wait. See, that's one thing that we have to understand. When God tells us to move, we got to move. We got to move. Faith is, faith is that. When God says go, there we go. Pastor Darrell, when he went to the Philippines, Pastor Manuel and Sister Yolanda, when they were called to go, they didn't say, like, well, I don't want to go there because it's, no, <laughs> hot. <laughs> I remember visiting their church one time, and I was like, are we in Arizona? But they didn't, they didn't hold back. They went. I remember, I remember talking to Pastor Daryl years ago when I went to the Philippines. I asked him, I said, so how would you do it? He told me, well, I could have stayed with bottled water, but I didn't. I went to the, the well, and it was a fountain there in town, you said, in the city of Manila. And he went, and he just got a cup out of that water and went through the furnace of affliction. But after that, he was able to drink the water, you see. Many times we want to, I'm going to take the easy way. And I'm gonna get, but see, he showed the people there that I'm, I'm here not for a while. I'm here for the long haul. And I thank God because today there's a great work. Pastor um, Christian is still there. Him and Sister Bossy, they're there doing the great works of God for the, for the ministry. Amen. See, we need to have a hungry for team ministry. We need to have faith in order to do the things God had called us to do. He reminds us, uh, Pastor, Pastor uh, Sonny reminded us that Glass Street was the first church. But he reminded us, but it was not going to be the last church, and it didn't end there. See, he could have said, you know, we're good right here, but he didn't. He kept moving forward. We have come to receive marching orders from God, and every step the Victory Outreach has taken were steps of faith. Amen. He gave us a warning that lack of faith hinders us from inheriting the promise. The people of Israel underestimated that, that what God could do. And the people of Israel lost the encouragement of receiving the promise. They were discouraged. They were full of fear. They didn't want to sacrifice. But see, we need to, we can't be discouraged. See, God, when, when I heard Pastor Sonny say this, I have a, I have a son that's unsaved right now. He's gone through the home, but he's backslidden. And by faith, I know that I got to fight. I know that I got to hang in there. I know that I got to stay plugged into the things of God so that one day that he can be sitting here, just like you, you brothers and sisters that have come here to visit us for the first time. God brought you here. God brought you here. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by mistake. God has a divine plan for your life. And he wants to do something great 
and honorable in your life. See, we can't lose the spirit of sacrifice. See, these steps of sacrifice are something that need to be taken into our hearts. Amen? See, God has given our ministry this promise and this mandate. He's given us a promise, but he also gave, see, that's something that Pastor Sonny said. He says, God has given us a promise, but he's given us the mandate. In other words, it's a command. Jesus said to go and take, make disciples of all nations. And that's what we got to continue to do. Yeah, we got to win our local city. We got to uh, win the international cities too, the inner cities. We got to go out there where the hurting are. We can't get comfortable in our pews here. Amen. See, we heard from our spiritual uncle, Philip LaCruz. And he asked the question, what are we going to do with our inheritance? What are you going to do with your inheritance? Ruby, what are you going to do with your inheritance? Are you going to squander it? See, I put her on the spot right now. See, we got to cherish our inheritance. We can't just let it go. Girls, your dad told me to call on her so that you guys would, no, I'm just kidding. See, what are we going to do with our inheritance? We are people of promise, opportunity, and ministry. That's one thing I thank God about this, about this ministry, that we have op- great opportunities. In other ministries, we might not have that opportunity. But I thank God that I'm a part of a ministry that has great, great opportunities. Amen? I mean, I was able to see the awesomeness of God and and, and the gang, how they got up and represented. I mean, I was able to go and hear our pastors preaching there in the, in the youth. And I had to, like, I was trying to get rid of all the gray, you know, so I could go in. One of the brothers came in. He was, like, like all ganged out with a backpack. And I looked at him. I go, hey, bro, what are you doing here? And he goes, how you doing? I didn't even recognize you. He goes, I know. You thought I was one of the youth, huh? But it was awesome to see that, you know, that our church was there representing, that we were proud of our pastor. You know, and, and I just thank God that we have a, a, a young man that's humble. You know, I love to see when he, he just breaks, man. It's like, and God just used him in a mighty way that day to speak to the youth and even to us. See, our pastor or, or Philip LaCruz Sr. said that our spiritual inheritance is imperishable. It's God-given, not man-given. Amen? See, our inheritance is also undefiable. And he used the word pure, uncut. It's important to stay on course. That God's course, not our course. We need to know that our promise stays in the house. That, that was heavy. When, when he shared that, he says, God's promise to us. Amen? Our promise has to stay in our house. Many times, some people get hurt or they decide to leave the the ministry and they want to use that same promise somewhere else. But God has given us that promise. God gave Pastor Sonny the promise. Amen. And we have to use it in our ministry. Other ministries are anointed with other promises. But God gave that promise to this ministry. It was a promise from God to Pastor Sonny and this ministry. Philip Crew also said our inheritance is a fragrance. It's a sweet aroma to those in need. And he said there was three things that he said that, that we can qualify with for our inheritance, and that is family is number one. That we have to be a part of the family to be, we have to be saved. In other words, I can't give a stranger my inheritance. It has to stay in the family. My inheritance has to stay for my wife and my daughter and my my son that's unsaved, that inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the second thing is we have to file a claim. We need to be in position to receive our inheritance. See, sometimes we step out of, out of that position and we still want that inheritance and we're not, it, it's going to be forfeited. We have to stay in position to receive our inheritance. The third thing is he said that we have to fight for our inheritance. How many know that, that we are co-heirs with Abraham? And also our founders. 
We're co-heirs with Abraham and our founders. And we have to fight for our inheritance. You know that in the world, when, when there's an inheritance that's been given out, they usually have an attorney or a group of attorneys, a board that they begin to mandate who's going to get what. But there's always, how many know that when, when you get, even, even in the world, when you get money, like say, for instance, you get, you were to win the lotto, you're going to get relatives that you didn't know of. You're going to get people coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, remember me? But see, we have to remember that we're co-heirs with Abraham and also our founders. Pastor Joe Cotanola, he, he preached on us being most likely chosen, unlikely chosen. Who would choose us? See, he, he mentioned to us that God picks the unlikely just like he picked us. See, he also told us that we need to expect trouble when we're getting ready to receive our inheritance. Huh? We need to remember that we're going to receive some, the inheritance, but we're also, trouble is going to come. And we can't let that trouble come inside of us. So we're, we are going to get hit the hardest right before the blessing of our inheritance. See, we were, we were getting hit right before the blessing of our inheritance to go there to the conference. I was all bum kicked. And I was like, man, my wife's gone. Maybe I should tell her to stay back. And I'll go. No, I was thinking like that. At one point I was like, babe, you know, I am the head. I am the priest of the house. So maybe I should go. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I was just like, God, you know, if she needs to go and, you know, I have to stay back, I'll stay back. But God made a way. See, sometimes we don't see the price that someone has paid for their field. We just look at their field. Like there's churches right now, they're, they're thriving, they're busting. I mean, they're, but we don't look at the price that was paid. We don't see the price that was paid. See, I missed out on a lot, even though I was part of this region. Those of you that have been here with, with Pastor Steve and uh, Pastor Josie, and now with our pastor, Pastor Stevan and Sister Chella, many of you have seen the labor and the hardships that have been paid to get this ministry where it is today, to get church where it's at today. And some people aren't here to see that. It's sad to say. But I thank God that, that we belong to a ministry that when we come back. See, I believe that God, I believe that God is bringing, bringing his children back. Bringing the inheritance. In other words, God is calling his people back. And he's saying, look, you haven't forfeited your inheritance. It's still here in the house. You're still part of this family. See, that's one thing. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. I thank God that we have pastors that they don't say, you know, like, well, no, you don't. You left the church. You know, you, you can't come in. No. I thank God that we have pastors that they're like this, just like Jesus. They overlook our mistakes. They overlook our, our past. And they tell us, you know, we're going to do this together. Amen. Pastor Rick Alaniz, he, he talked about our principles in our promise. Amen. See, when we inherit the promise, we will also need to inherit the principles of our inheritance and our promise. See, I thank God that we have men and women of God that they can come and tell us, you know, that doesn't fit well with the promise of God. You know, there's some areas in our lives that need changing. You see, there are and will be conditions for our inheritance. See, had I left and something happened with me and I died, I wouldn't have been able to claim my inheritance from my parents. Right? Because I'm no longer living. See, we can't allow compromise to disqualify us from receiving our inheritance from God. Our promise and our inheritance needs to be built on totally on the word of God. See, we can't dilute the truth about our inheritance. Sometimes we want to say, well, you know, I don't need to do this to get this. But God's word, we have to stick to his word. We have to be in line for our promise. 
We need to have a clear direction of our inheritance. And Pastor Rick Alanis told us that it has to be built on radical efforts. We can't just be, you know, we're not a, we're not a slothful ministry. Even though when we were there, I can say, you know, being there early in the morning. I mean, sometimes we left the house, it was like 6.30 in the morning to get there early. For my daughter, there's some of the things they were doing, the youth. I was like, man, the youth are crazy, man. Why are they getting up so early and they're going to bed at 3 in the morning? And then they want to get up early. Don't they know that the, the older people, they can't function like that? I'm going to talk to our youth leaders here, man. No, I'm just kidding. I thank God that God gave us the power and the anointing. And we would get up and we were like, all right, let's go. Come on, yeah. And we'd get stuck in traffic. We were like, man. We were in the wilderness. We were going through the affliction. Every day we went through the affliction. We went through the affliction. The traffic was crazy, man. Crazy. I was like, and Sister Chella. She, she reminded us, you guys got to leave early. You're not in Hayward. You're not in the heart. You're in L.A. Traffic here is thick. See, the, we need to remember that we need to fight hard for our inheritance. And we can't allow the devil to rob us from our inheritance. Come on. We, we can't let the devil rob us of our inheritance. Many times he's held us back. Now you guys in the home. You heard it. The enemy wanted to rob you. He wanted to hold you back. But I'm thankful that we have a, a God that's merciful and he pulled us out of the miry clay and he says, I'm going to use you one day. Some of you guys are going to be going out, but you got to stay. You got you to go through the affliction. You guys might think you go through the affliction sometimes in the home. You're under the covering, okay? You're under the covering. Huh? We were talking about it, right? The affliction starts when you're out of the home and you're on your own. That's when the affliction, the, the devil's going to come in. He's going to begin to whisper in your ear. And you guys got to be able to put those muffles on and begin to pronounce the word of God. Everything that you're learning in the home today, that's a, that's a weapon of warfare for you. When the enemy comes and begins to speak to you things that, that of discouragement, you begin to say, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror. And it's not just for the home, it's for us too. Myself included. There's times that I would get discouraged and I'd be like, man, but I thank God that, that the word of God is living. Huh? It's living in us. And I can say, devil, you're a liar. I thank God that we have men of God like Pastor Rick and, and, and uh, I think it was Pastor Esteban in his message. He was talking about like he was shanking the devil. That's how Pastor Rick is. You've got to fight for your family. And sometimes we don't. We say, eh, let God handle it. No, there's times we got to get on our knees and we got to fight for our children, fight for our families, fight for our marriages, fight for our youth. Amen? See, another thing that Pastor Al, he brought out, he said prayer. See, we can have a great vision, but it won't be obtainable without prayer. We need to have prayer in our, in our ministry. We have to have prayer when we go through the affliction. That's how we can fight. It's not all going to be hand-to-hand combat. Sometimes it's going to be through prayer. Amen? See, he mentioned that there's powerful opposition in the spiritual realm, and the devil isn't just going to roll over and let us take our city. See, we need to pray for that inheritance. He talked about that sin brings in suffering into our family inheritance. And that when I, when I heard that, I was like, man, that's so true. Many times we don't see that. See, we're going to suffer for our inheritance, and it's only obtainable through prayer. Sometimes we're going to have to fight on our knees for the promise of God. And we have to remember that God is watching when he needs you. You see, sometimes that we feel like 
man, we're doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing this, and nobody recognizes me. He reminded us. He reminded me, don't worry, my son. When God needs, just like, like David when he was in the, in the field tending the sheep, he could have got discouraged, but he didn't. He was, he was in the practice. He was there learning how to fight, fight the lion, fight the bear, and he beat him. And then through that, he was able to get raised up and go and destroy and defeat the enemy. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Are you guys getting something from this? See, they also mentioned about Elisha, Elijah and Elisha, that they were models that we have to look to. Pastor Paul, he, he was talking about how Elijah was old school. And Elisha was his disciple. See, Elisha learned to serve by being a servant calling that God had placed upon him. He served Elijah. But he served. And for 20 years, he never performed any miracles. And he could have got discouraged, but he didn't. And later, he grew. And God is looking at us, and he sees a successor in us. And if I can call the uh, brother AJ or the piano player up here tonight or this afternoon. You see, Pastor Tim, he mentioned that when we become part of a ministry, a victory outreach, we are branded with the power of the Spirit. We have that spirit. You see, we are a unique and peculiar ministry. We have a very unique family and culture. See, when we are waiting for our inheritance, we will go wherever we need to to receive it. Remember that. When we are waiting for our inheritance, we'll go wherever we need to to receive it. You see, it's our responsibility to take this inheritance to the next generation. I don't want my daughter, I've raised her in the church because I know that even raising her in the church, sometimes they're going to go through things. But I'm training my daughter up in the things of God. And I have to be an example to her. Yeah, I do want to see her one day. If God calls her to get married, to be able to walk her down that aisle. But I'm believing that God's going to use her in the foreign fields. Because she's been prophesied over two or three times that God's going to use her. And God's going to use many of you here today in the same way, in the same manner. Worshiping in a foreign country, leading worship. But we have to be positioned right. We need to be in position to receive our inheritance. It's our responsibility to take this inheritance to our children and their children. Pastor Tim, he mentioned that the flag has to remain standing upright. The banner of Jesus Christ. We have to uphold that banner. And we can't let the lie of the lion to keep us from our inheritance. We need to be willing to do whatever it takes to get our inheritance. We need to put in the work for our inheritance. And we need to keep smiling. We need to keep smiling while others are trying to steal our inheritance. Knowing that when the enemy comes and he tries to steal it from us, that we're going to continue to hang on to the things of God. I thank God that I have men of God in this church that I can run to. That I can go and cry with them. I can spill my heart out to them. And if you don't have that, you need to get that. You need to know that there's people of God here that, that care about you. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to ask you this. Do you have someone in your family that still needs to get saved? Do you have someone in your family that needs to get saved? Do you have that someone that has backslidden? Do you have family 
that are willing to help you fight for your inheritance? Are you willing to fight for their inheritance? Do you feel you haven't been protecting your inheritance? And if you've been encouraged or challenged this morning or this afternoon, I'm going to open the altars up. I'm going to ask you to come and we want to pray. And I just want to encourage you this afternoon.